it really a lot of it is to do with boundaries um, as well and just making sure that also at the end of the day we remember that we're not saving people's lives we're literally serving people food and drink and giving them a good time and I think sometimes that perspective of you know not putting too much stress and pressure on everyone can help a lot as well. Mental health in hospitality is a topic we're always thinking about on this podcast. Uh, It just seems there are so many pressures on people working in the industry and sometimes people don't know where to turn for support or even that it's okay to need support. Our guest today is Toby Anna Dirk. Toby is in the UK. She she is an Aussie though. She's the founder of Kelly's Cause, which is a UK-based charity which is on a mission to create a mentally healthy hospitality industry for all. Uh, A friend of the podcast, Sebastian Passanetti, is an ambassador for Kelly's cause in Australia. It's super exciting to have um, that international uh, connection. But Toby Anna, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, lovely to talk to you. Um, Tell us about Kelly's cause, um, how it started and and the, the sad reason behind it. Yeah, so I started Kelly's Cause about three and a half years ago now um, in honour of my very dear friend and fellow chef Kelly. So um, I moved to London from Australia in 2016, I think it was. (laughs) Is that right? That's seven years ago, right? Um, And uh, went to cooking school here and became a chef. And at cooking school, I met Kelly. We became really good friends. Both went off to work in different restaurants across London. Um, and then she very sadly took her own life when she was just 23. So I always say it wasn't just working in hospitality. Um, she did have uh, her mental struggles with mental health. We shouldn't use the word struggles when we talk about mental health, actually, but her experiences of poor mental health um, before going into the hospitality industry. But it was the kind of conditions that she faced working in the industry, um, you know, the long hours, um, the stressful situations. She was working in places where um, she wasn't very well respected and was treated quite poorly. And all of those things um, kind of culminated in, yeah, her suicide um, in 2018. So just over five years ago now. And obviously after that, after kind of getting over the initial shock and being completely distraught about it, I realised that Kelly wasn't the only one in her situation and that there were plenty of other people in hospitality, both front and back of house, who were experiencing really poor mental health because of the conditions that they were facing. Um, And I really just wanted to do something positive in her legacy. I didn't want it to always be remembered about how she died. Um, I wanted there to be something positive and just, just to make the kind of change that we so badly need in this industry that's still, you know, five years later, we've got somewhere, but <laughs> but it's a slow process. What kinds of things does Kelly's Cause do? So we provide mental health first aid training. Uh, that's our kind of main main aim. So basically I wanted to find something that was very practical and action focused. I just feel like there's a lot of initiatives around raising awareness and raising awareness is great, but what we need is action. I feel like the time for awareness has come and gone. It's time for action. So I wanted to find something that was very action focused and practical because I think people who work in hospitality um, like respond to that really well. You know, we're people who are on our feet all day. We're interacting with people. We're doing things constantly. So I found mental health first aid to be the best 
best thing to kind of fit in with that and be something that people could come along to either a half-day course or a two-day course um, and take away practical skills that they could actually use to look after themselves and others and to quite literally save people's lives. Um, And now uh, over the the last three and a half years, we've kind of progressed to also offering other mental health services. Like we work a lot with businesses in hospitality to help them create a mental health policy and strategy. Um, We help put out wellbeing surveys where we get kind of like real feedback from teams about how they feel things are going. Um, We've also big on creating a sense of community. So we run quite a few different events and uh, really want that kind of sense of bringing people together in hospitality. Wow, there's so much to it, Tobiana. I mean, congratulations on your work and for creating something so positive out of something so devastating. Uh, With this, you know, the the very the very first things that you might learn as part of mental health first aid what are some of the real basics um i guess the first uh, most important thing for everyone to understand is that we all have mental health so mental health is something that every single person has it's something that in the past we kind of thought of in the negative so when people speak about mental health they think that means someone experiencing a mental health crisis or poor mental health or a mental health illness but mental health is something that every single person on this planet has it can be either positive or negative good or bad healthy or unhealthy at any kind of given point but the distinction between mental health and then mental ill health when whereas mental ill health is not something everybody is going to experience it's just something that you know quite a large percentage of people are going to experience but not every single person so that distinction between mental health and mental ill health and the fact that mental health is something every single person has and that also any single person can experience mental health issues as well you know mental health issues really don't discriminate it can happen to absolutely anybody yeah that's really interesting and very inclusive and I suppose you know when you think about a spectrum everybody's on it at some point aren't they yeah exactly so that's literally one thing that we learn in mental health first aid is the mental health continuum which shows us how um, our mental health can kind of change over time and how we all exist on this as you say spectrum where some people will have you know really good healthy mental health majority of the time other people will sit somewhere in the middle where they may have good mental health sometimes and poor mental health other times and then other people will sit at the other end where they experience quite serious uh, mental health issues or poor mental health for long periods of time. Yeah, when I think about being trained in first aid, I think about one one being able to help people, but also being able to recognise issues that I might have myself. Is that something that you find with this sort of training? Is it is it sometimes just as important for people to be able to recognise their own needs or put a, put a name to their own experiences? A hundred percent. I actually cannot tell you how many times over the last three and a half years of delivering mental health first aid, I've had people come to me after or message or email me after and say, I've reached out to get help for myself. I'm seeking therapy because I know that my mental health is something I need to support or, you know, I've started meditating every day or I've started doing this or I've had this difficult conversation with this person or I've set this boundary. So I would say that probably the thing people take away the most actually is something that they can do to support themselves and look after their own mental health. And yeah, there's definitely a big big emphasis on self-care and looking after yourself and recognizing how challenging looking after others can be as well so there is a big a big element of that is definitely people people looking kind of internally as well Uh, you know one thing that you make me think as you say that is you know I think 
because there are staffing crises in hospitality all around the world, that a lot of people are promoted into leadership positions at a pretty young age and often without a lot of experience. Do you think that that's something that can, I guess, uh, intensify or exacerbate, you know, mental ill health? Absolutely. And it can intensify or exacerbate the mental ill health for that person and also for the team working underneath them or working with them because it is something that happens everywhere. Like it's, and actually this is so, it's been so um, interesting speaking to lots of people in hospitality in Australia recently with us launching Kelly's Cause in Australia that the issues are truly universal. Like I'll speak with people and we'll just be like, yes, this is exactly the same thing that happens here. Or like I've got some friends who um, work in hospitality in the US, Canada, same thing. It's all like, it's very, very universal. Um, And yeah, absolutely. We see people being promoted. I mean, I was promoted to being a head chef after working as a chef for like two years and um, having absolutely no management training or experience. And just because you're good at cooking doesn't mean that you're good at managing people. And it is, you know, as you say, it's the, staffing issues um that means that we kind of over promote people or promote people way too quickly without giving them the support which is really hard for them as well because you're then trying to prove that you can do a job that you haven't been equipped with the skills to do and then some of those um things kind of trickle down to the team that you are managing as well Mm. i mean what kinds of things might you notice in yourself that could be a signal that you're not coping with things Oh, so many different things. I think uh, we talk in mental health first aid about your stress signature, which is like the thing that shows in her how you think, feel, behave when you're stressed and overwhelmed or in the context of mental health first aid, when your stress container is full and overflowing. Um, and I think one that we see a lot in hospitality and especially amongst chefs, I'm just talking this from my personal experience, that we kind of think as chefs as being quite angry or short-tempered. And I would say that's not the case. It's just that most chefs stress can container is massively overflowing so that can be one thing you know being a bit shouty or aggressive or um you know a little bit short-tempered and in no way am I excusing any kind of abusive behavior or anything because that is 100% not okay but we can also understand that sometimes the positions and situations we put people in um can exacerbate those things and then for other people it can just be completely throwing themselves into work. You know, we all have seen that working in hospitality, the person who's the first in, the last to leave, you know, never, never wants to leave when you stay for a few drinks after work, really trying to prove themselves, whether that's because there's something going on in their personal life that trying trying to, you know, run away from or not address or whatever it might be. Um, So yeah, it can kind of be, be, anything kind of on the spectrum where you know you go kind of one way or the other or just any change in someone's kind of personality really I mean it it can be so hard to address the the conditions that you're working in or you know the mood in a workplace do you what kinds of strategies are there for starting to unpick some of these well you know I guess to slowly empty out the stress container yeah I mean sometimes and I'll be honest, like, especially after doing this for like nearly four years and thinking about mental health in hospitality and trying to, 
you know, convince businesses that investing in their staff's mental health and well-being is a great thing for them to do, both because it's the right thing to do and also from a business perspective that it's a very tough uphill battle. I'm not going to be honest, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it really does feel like pushing a massive, massive rock up a hill. Um, and sometimes if we look at it from the kind of big picture, I think it feels like it's an impossible task to change. So I always think like just one small little thing is what we need to be focusing on, like just making one kind of incremental step at a time. Um, and, you know, those things, I mean, having mental health first aiders really helps so that those people are a little bit more empathetic and understanding and that, um, you know, team members have someone to go to. Also things like having a mental health policy um, in place where, you know, there's an acknowledgement that a business is trying at least to look after the mental health and well-being of their staff. Um, and also... I think one of the key things that I always try and encourage is for people in leadership and management positions to show a little bit of vulnerability about their own mental health. There's no point us saying, you know, it's great, we want everyone to talk openly and honestly about their mental health if the people who are le owning businesses, leading businesses, running businesses aren't doing the same. So for me, it's a lot about that kind of vulnerability um, and being open and just, you know, admitting that sometimes it's really tough for everybody and that's almost the first step to us being able to address and, and make it better. Yeah, I know Sebastian at OCO is um, really interested in well-being in all kinds of ways and is also really committed to having a diverse workforce. What kind of, I suppose, extra layers can be um, part of somebody's picture, you know, if they're, I don't know, um, a gender diverse or of um, you know person of color. Um, are there? Do you notice that there's yeah, just that there's a there's there's more of an overflowing stress container. One hundred percent. So we see in almost all minority groups that there are much higher rates of mental health issues um, and poor mental health. Uh, this is something that we work on a lot at Kelly's cause as well. So Rachel. Um, who is our amazing managing director, um, who Sebastian actually introduced me to. And um, yeah, she's just absolutely amazing. She really steers the ship at Kelly's Cause and makes sure everything is running amazingly. Uh, but one of the initiatives that she has brought in is that every year we now do um, an LGBTQIA plus specific training. So we, we fully fund it. So we put it on for free for people and Rachel like trudges around London to different queer bars and clubs and um, venues, um, speaking with owners and managers and finding people to come on the course. And actually that one um, that we have run for the last few years has been a really, really amazing kind of safe space that we've created. And we speak really openly in that about the fact that, you know, people who are gender diverse or people who are queer or people who are from minority backgrounds do have much higher rates of mental health issues. And we talk about all the reasons why that can be and then what we can start to do to address it. Because I think there's this misconception in hospitality that it's a very um, diverse workforce. And in some ways it is, but it's, it's not diverse at the top. You know, if you look at people who own restaurants, manage restaurants, are kind of in executive roles in hospitality businesses, majority of them are straight white men. So while we might have diversity in terms of people who are working on the floor and behind the bar and in the kitchen, we don't have that diversity in management level. So that's one of the kind of key things that we need to be addressing.
What, what do you see, um, Tobiana, in terms of people that are doing it really well? Like you mentioned, you know, having a mental health policy or that vulnerability um, coming from, from management. What other sorts of initiatives, whether it's structural or messaging, do you see in businesses that really support people's um, mental wellness? Yeah, I think there are so, so many people um, and so many businesses out there now that are doing great things. I think a key thing is things like rotors or as rosters, as we call it in Australia, um, and hours that people work, like businesses putting in place, you know, the fact that people don't work more than 40 to 45 hours, that they're never doing 50 to 60, 70, 80 hour weeks like people used to do before. It's about, honestly, these things are so simple and basic, like publishing people's rotors and rosters, like at least a few weeks in advance so people can plan their life, you know, giving people the chance to request days off when they have, you know, weddings, birthdays, holidays, whatever it is to go on, um, making sure that people take their breaks, making sure that people don't work 17-hour shifts, making sure, you know, the split shift was something that I used to do all the time when I first started being a chef. And honestly, it's absolutely a joke, the fact that you get a three-hour break in the middle of your day, which isn't even enough time to go home and do anything, like, that you don't get paid for is ridiculous. Like, even you know, a few years later, I can't believe that that was a thing. And I'm sure many, many people still do them. So businesses that are really saying, actually, we're going to prioritize the mental health and well-being of our staff. These are the hours that you're going to work. You're not going to go above that. You're going to be taking your breaks. You're going to be having your holidays as holidays. It really, a lot of it is to do with boundaries um, as well. And just making sure that also at the end of the day, we remember that we're not saving people's lives. We're literally serving people food and drink and giving them a good time. And I think sometimes that perspective of, you know, not putting too much stress and pressure on everyone can help a lot as well. So you you mentioned that, you know, looking after your workforce is simply the right thing to do, but that it's also good for business. What sort of impacts, what sort of positive impacts can these initiatives have on a business? Well, I always think of it as being as simple as if your staff are happy, your customers are much more likely to be happy and they're much more likely to spend more money and your business is going to make more money and therefore be more successful. Um, You know, obviously now we see have seen such a kind of in other industries we're so much more focused on where things have come from and the fact that they're ethical and people are really interested in you know the fact that their fish is sustainably sourced and things like that but we also need to be thinking about the ethical labor within hospitality and is that is that happening and the people who are serving you being treated as well as the fish that you are eating that was sustainably sourced um and it you know it just is particularly now when it's so hard to recruit in hospitality like businesses just have to be retaining their teams and you know the thing that costs i think the i'm sure it's a very similar statistic in australia but here it costs um on average a thousand pounds so you know about seventeen hundred dollars um every time you hire you have to replace a member of your team that's for junior members for anyone in a management position it costs close to five thousand pounds so you know about eight and a half nine thousand dollars um so it really is just a case of being able to support your staff and and keep your team members means that you're going to save money by not having to recruit as much Mm, i mean it makes the investment in mental health first aid uh seem like pretty good pretty cheap really Yeah, exactly. It costs it costs about five and a half thousand dollars to train twenty two mental health first aiders. That's the case. That's the cost of replacing you know two members of your team. So if you if you if having those mental health first aiders in place helps you keep two people, 
you've already, you know, seen your full return on investment. Plus, the statistics also say that you get about a five to one return on investment um, for mental health training. So for every one dollar that you invest, you get about a five dollar return. Love that. Um, you talked. You talked about customers and 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 their ethics. I mean, how much does customer behaviour play into the way that um, workers are feeling in hospitality businesses? So much. And it, do you know what? I really was hopeful during the pandemic that it would get better, that what would come from the pandemic would be a little bit more kind of understanding and empathy. I don't know what it's like in Australia. I think from the few people I have spoken to, it seems to be the same as here, that customers are just ruder and worse than ever. Um, and it's definitely, definitely the case in London that you know, people are, um, you know, expecting better service. They, they're obviously also with the cost of everything going up. You know, you can kind of understand that when people are paying more, they do expect more of a level of service. But, yeah, it, it definitely has such a big impact in, um, in what we see in London in particular. And I'm sure it's the same in Australia. I'm sure it's especially the same in places more like Sydney where you might have some kind of more um, rich areas uh, where you get a particular type of customer that is quite entitled and that can be really really hard for people to deal with and obviously no one deserves to be you know abused or um spoken badly to while they're doing their job but we see that happening all the time and that can play into it so much so toby anna i mean for people who are listening to this in australia and wondering what it means for kelly's cause to start up here what do they need to know um, yeah, so obviously it's something that we're super excited about. Um, it's always kind of been in the back of my mind as something that I've wanted to do, obviously having spent the first 23 years of my life living in Australia um, and having, you know, friends who work in the hospitality industry there. Um, so basically when Sebastian, so Sebastian, for those of you who don't know, um, he used to live uh, in London and we worked together um, quite a few years ago now and became very good friends. And then once Kelly's course was kind of up and running, he joined us as head of partnerships and then obviously got the opportunity to open OCO and had to take that up to go and go back home. Um, and then basically since he's been back in Melbourne, we've been squirreling away trying to figure out how we can get it open um, and get Kelly's course off the ground in Australia. So that's something that's finally, finally happened. So Sebastian will be our um, mental health first aid instructor which is amazing because obviously it's something that he believes in so much and is so passionate about and also really understands and has a very, very vast experience of working in hospitality because I guess that's kind of a point that I have failed to mention so far is that what the kind of sets Kelly's cause apart from anybody else is the fact that everybody who works with us and for us has an extensive hospitality background and everything that we do, our mental health first aid training, everything like that is done with the kind of lens of hospitality experience on it. So obviously with Sebastian's vast experience and now his experience um, operating restaurants as well, uh, means that he is quite literally the perfect person to be our mental health first aid instructor over there. So businesses can get reach out to him or to me or to Australia at kellyscause.com um, and either Sebastian or I, or I will get back in touch with you. Um, yeah, and just getting mental health first aid training and then also working with businesses to help them create mental health policies um, and just provide them any other support that they need. That is amazing, Toby Anna. So, so great. Like, really, that's you're just really changing lives. Um, and as you say, as you said at the start of the chat, saving lives. That is just really powerful. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's very exciting.
really appreciate your time in talking us through Kelly's cause today, Tobiana. And um, yeah, I know that it's going to mean a lot to, to so many people listening, just to know that perhaps things that they're feeling, you know, there are people that are going to be able to listen and, um, you know, start to, uh, they can start to get some assistance. So yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to chat. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.